This morning we're talking about when does faith run? When does faith, you know, show you the heels? When does faith run? When does faith run from the battle? When does faith run from the challenge? When does faith run from the problem? Today I'm going to give you the key. I'm going to give you the overcoming key so that you can overcome for the rest of your life. I'm going to give that to you. But it's not me. I'm going to give you it to you in the Word. Let's let's turn to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. When does faith run? Proverbs 3 and verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. His commandments will add length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Can you see that kindness and truth is something that we're proactively putting on and keeping on? It's not something, in other words, it could leave you if you're not actively engaging in it. I have to choose to be kind. I have to choose uh, to put on truth. You know, I, I had a friend one time and, and uh, he had made a habit of, he had made a habit of uh, telling lies. And uh, I, I was sitting in a situation one time and he was there and just right in the middle of talking to this person, he just lied to him. And I was thinking, like, there's no reason to tell that lie. Like, I'm not saying that lying's good, but I can understand when you're trying to fix something else, but there's no situation here to fix. You just lied. And I asked him later, I was like, why did you do that? He said, I don't know. But he had gotten in the habit, and he wasn't proactive of putting on truth. He was proactively putting on deception. And he had got, so you can see right here from this verse is something where we have to proactively put on kindness. We have to proactively put on truth. Uh, how, many, you know, how many people, like, like even on taxes, you've ever been tempted to just, just fudge a little bit on what you had? You know? just, just fudge a little bit to your boss. You know? Well, you, you, know, you know, just fudge a little bit here, fudge a little bit there. Like, Anybody tempted on that on a regular basis? Don't, don't raise your hand. I don't want to see him. But it's all the time. We have to proactively put these things on. And when we do that, we'll walk in the things of God. He says, look, keep my commandments. The verse before, it'll add length of days, years to your life and peace. Yeah. Anybody want more peace Amen. besides me? Amen. Man, I could use some more peace. Anybody, like, this week did not feel like peace? This, it didn't feel like peace to me. It didn't feel like peace to me. It felt, like, challenging. Well, the, one of the ways that I can put more peace on is I can be intentional. I can be purposed to do these things that God has commanded us to do. And if I'll do it, God's already made a promise. You'll walk in more of it. Yeah. You'll walk in more. He says, don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. In other words, what he's saying is engrave these things on your heart. Kindness, truth, engrave them on your heart. Make them permanent. 
Make them permanent in your life, in the core of who you are. So you will find favor and a good repute or a good report in sight of God and man. In other words, not just will God see it, man will see it too. When you write kindness and truth and you follow his commandments, man will have a good report about you. Anybody, uh, you just want to look good in the eyes of other people? You've like been challenged? Like I'm, I'm, have you ever found yourself going through life and then you get to the other side of a situation and you're like, God, I really cared more about what men thought about me than what God thought about me. But yet there's a way to actually be on the good side of both of them. Follow the commandment of the Lord. Like be intentional to do his things. And all of a sudden you'll look good in God's eyes and in man's eyes. You'll have favor with both. Then he says this, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. We're going to come back to that. In all your ways, in all your ways, not just some of your ways, but all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. Anybody ever felt like you were chasing your tail? Trying to get somewhere like, I'm just trying to get over there. Right? It's like, I can't get over there. Man, these shoes are slippery this morning. This was the wrong example. I'm trying to get over there. But it's like taking you forever to get over there. He says, look, if you'll trust and acknowledge him, he'll make your path straight. The quickest way to get there. The quickest way. There's a place up in the mountains where Nicole's had to go work. Uh, it's called the Dragon, right? Isn't that funny? Uh, here's this thing called the Dragon. The region's called Dragon. It's called the roads like this. You've been there? And the tail of the Dragon, right? And, and the devil's a dragon. Isn't he always making, making stuff curvy and stretching out when it should be short and sweet? Right? And that's what he wants to do with your life. He wants to make it curvy so that it takes you, even if you do get there, it takes you too long. It's too hard. Like you're going up that mountain, it's like you can see your taillights at some points because you're, it's like just hairpin turns, you know, it just feels funny. A lot of people get sick on it. You ever sick, been sick of life because you feel like you're taking too many turns and it's like it's just not getting straight? I'm telling you this morning how to overcome. I'm giving you the keys to this. This is, this is what happens. When we don't put God's ways first, life gets hard. It gets long. It does, we don't arrive at where we should be arriving at. Then all of a sudden, he says this. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Stop thinking you know it all. Had some good breakthrough. <laughs> Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body. Whoa, 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 whoa. Walking after him will bring health to your body? Like I won't be sick as much? That's exactly what it says. But remember, it's preceded by don't be wise in your own eyes. <laughs> And it will bring refreshment to your bones. This is what y'all just did. You should praise God about this next verse. 
Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Like you didn't just talk about being givers, you gave. You took, Lord, I've got some extra. I'm going to honor God with it. I'm not just going to go spend it on me. I'm going to honor God with it. And you honored God by honoring the, the gift of a pastor that God's put in your life. Y'all are awesome. That was, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. And it makes me happy as a pastor because I know verses like this that tell me that you're about to be honored by God for your, for your giving. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves or he corrects, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. The Lord's not going to leave you messing up, messing up, messing up, messing up, messing up, life-sucking, life-sucking, life-sucking. He's not going to leave you at that place. He's going to start to give you that correction. He's going to start to to send out that correction. The question is, do we have ears to hear it? Or are we like, no, I got this right. I learned about Jesus through Bible school all my life, and I went to church until I was 18, and I know everything now. You know what I found? I found that even though I was in church pretty much all of my life, minus a few years, and still trusted the Lord throughout all of it, and even though I've been a student of the Word and student of men preaching the Word, and uh, I mean, I've been around some of the greatest in the world right now, like some of the greatest men of God in the world right now, and, and there's not many people that have done those things that I've done in that way. Here's what I've found out. I don't know squat. <laughs> because God is that big. Right. Like, I don't know anything. Now, do I know more than your average person? Sure, yeah, because you can't do that stuff and God not right. honor you. Right. But this is what I've found. Every time I turn around... There's some new facet of God, some new corner that I had no idea about. I'm like, you've you've had this the whole time? He's like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, God, where is, I was like, how come I don't know this? He said the whole, and this is what he's been telling me, the whole church is living such below average, they don't even know what to do. If you go over, if you go over into uh, uh, Ephesians chapter one, it says it says this in around verse ten or so. It says this. It says, "I want you." He's trying to get us to open up and see things like we should. And one of the things he says is, "I want you to operate in the church with an administration suitable to the fullness." Yeah. And and now it says the fullness of times. What that means is the time that you're living in now has a fullness that it can live at. And I want you to have an administration in the church that is able to carry the weight of God's glory all the time. Did you know that as a body of Christ, we can walk in the not just the glory, the fullness of God's glory? It's called the glorious church. Have you seen it? Let me answer that for you. No, you haven't. We're a church that knows it's there and we're after it, but you hadn't seen it. 
But does that give us a pass? Because, well, I've never seen anybody else ever, ever do it. So we're just doing better than what we've seen. No, no. There's promises in there. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek them. If he's given me a promise, my job is to have faith. In John chapter 6, it says, this is your job, to believe on him that he sent. My job is faith. Our job is faith. Our job is to believe on him. Faith without works is dead. In other words, if I'm not going forward believing on the things that he told me I can believe for, I'm failing at my job. My job is to believe on him. So if I see that we can walk in the fullness of the glory, and I as a pastor don't lead us to the place where we can establish an administration uh, to the fullness of the glory of God, I am failing at my job as a leader. But here's what I found. How many people you know how, know how to walk in that? Most of the time, if, if somebody's above average, they've been in a service where the Holy Spirit fell once. That's above average. And the, many of them look back to that day and they're like, y'all remember when that day and so-and-so was preaching? And it's like every, the glory of God was there. And it was there for one week, maybe one day, and then that was it. And that's the last time, and that was 20 years ago. No, no, no. He said an administration suitable to the fullness. This means there is a way to receive that and walk in it all the time. You're telling me that we're in a a different covenant where Moses walks in the glory of God so much that his face lights up, but here with Jesus, we don't walk in that? Is this a lesser covenant? No, the Bible tells us this is a stronger covenant. Where is this? Where are the people walking in the fullness? My point is we don't know everything we think we know. There's a lot of things in God. It's very simple. He loves us. He's got great things for us. But do we even have a comprehension of how good it is? Do we even know just how big he is? We don't. Even Paul, who has such a revelation of this, uh, go to uh, Romans, I think it's 11. I think it's 33-ish. Yeah, hey, I was right. Romans eleven thirty three. Now look, didn't Paul know some things about God? I mean, you know, he only wrote like over half the New Testament. I mean, he probably knew a couple of things. Paul, who knows some things about God, how much did he know? A lot. Look at this. At this moment, he, he's just pondering something of God, and he's so blown away, he doesn't even know how to put it into words. He says this. Oh, the depth. All I can talk about is just how deep you are because I don't have words to describe it. Oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and unfathomable his ways. It's not that God won't show you some things. I'm just showing you that what we think we know, we're not as high as where we are. And because of that, we don't stretch towards things. This goes back to breaking limits and becoming an overcomer. Is because when we think that we have arrived, we stop pushing for more. But when we see that the, the depths of God are unsearchable and unfathomable, then we have inside of us a desire to say, Lord, let me go after you. Let me find 
cleanse you. Let me plumb those depths. Let me mine out all of the goodness. Let me get to the places where you're at. I don't want just the surface, God. I want all of you, Father. I want every bit of you. And so in order to do that, we've got to be willing humbly to say, I don't know everything. I can't lean on my understanding. I've got to humble myself to him. Because he's going to, if I'll open myself up in humility, the Bible says he'll give you grace and greater grace. He'll give me the grace, the empowerment, the favor to mine the depths of God. To mine the depths. Looking at verse 5, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, here's the question. Many times when I see people fumbling or failing uh, or flailing in life, you know, what, what's really going on is they don't trust God. They don't trust Him to come through. They don't, they don't trust Him. You know, when they're scared, and they, have you ever seen somebody scared? You ever, you ever seen somebody scared? It, it reminds me of like a, a little dog, you know, a little dog, when they get scared, like they become ferocious. Uh, they become, like, when they're scared, they become ferocious. Like, you know, and they're, they're, they're scared. It's not it's not because they got the substance to back it up. It's because, I don't know what else to do. I'll just, you know. It's like, go away. And it's easy to dispatch, but they're just scared. That's the way we are in life. I mean, have you ever told off a friend? And what was really going on was you were scared that whatever was happening would continue. And now you're afraid. And so that led you to the place of like nipping at people. Right? Can't believe you did that to me. Who cares if they do it to you? Are they your source? No, no. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your understanding. In other words, I, hey, this doesn't look good, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay. Every weapon formed against me shall not prosper. No evil shall befall me. You understand? No, no plague will come near my dwelling. The Lord, if, I, if need be, he'll show me what my enemy is thinking. He's done it all through the Bible. And so we start to find out that what we're really missing in this element to become an overcomer is we're missing trust. We're missing trust. Right now, you know, the Avengers Endgame movie is out, and don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. But I am going to tell you about a point that's in that movie is you've got, you've got something where you have a character in there and if, you, if you're a fan of the Avengers and you saw the, you know, the dust in the wind version of the last movie, um, specifically Spider-Man, that was rough. I mean, it was, it was rough, wasn't it, Abigail? That was rough, wasn't it? <laughs> that was fun for Daddy. Amen. But... If you saw the Avengers and you saw that one of the characters said, I went through all these millions of different ways and there was only one that worked to beat back this enemy. 
And then in, in the new movie, like they come up to a place where they're, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. And one character is pondering like, do I trust what that guy said? Do I really trust it? Because this doesn't look good. And many times in your spiritual walk, you're going to come up to those moments. And what's really being challenged is your faith in God. Do I trust him for who he is, what his character is? Do I really, really trust him? Do I trust him? Do I trust him? Matter of fact, in Revelation uh, chapter 12 and verse 11, it says this, And they overcame him by the, the blood of their lamb, three things, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not their life to the death. Now, most people will quote the first two. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. Those are absolutely true. But if you leave out the third, you're taking the balance out of it. And all of a sudden, you're missing the part that they overcame him by. It's one of the strongest pieces. All three of those are very, very strong. But don't leave any one of them out. Yes, the blood of the lamb empowered them to victory. The blood of Jesus Christ gives us power over everything and we can overcome because of the power that was in the blood that Jesus shed for us. But a second piece is the word of their testimony. In other words when your testimony lines up with the testimony about what the blood did, it's not just saying well one day I was a sinner and then I get born again and I, can, I was blind and now I see. It's not just saying that. It's saying that your testimony lines up with the testimony of everything the blood did. If the blood healed me, then your testimony will say, I'm the healed of the Lord. I will live and not die. If the blood saved you, then you'll say, I am the saved of the Lord. I am not in condemnation anymore for those sins. Jesus has forgiven me. And when you start to confess that, your testimony becomes the testimony of what Christ did. He's a savior, a healer, a restorer. He provides for you. When, you. when you start to realize I am well provided for no matter what I do or who I am, I am provided for. He is my provider and his blood paid the price for it. It's the power of the blood, the agreement that comes from our confession and our testimony. When we start to confess what he's done, all of a sudden we come into line with what the power of the blood was given for, what it was shed for. He saved us. He has delivered us. Delivered us from what? What do you need delivering from? You need saving? Saving from what? What do you need saving from? Name it. He saved you from it. What do, you, what do you need deliver from? Name it. He's delivered you from it. Healed you. Provided for you. Restored you. Protected you. When you start to realize this, you start to realize the devil has no gaps in my armor because of the blood of Jesus where he can get one of his little fiery darts through because of the blood. But if I won't confess it, and I won't speak it, then I open myself up to it. The blood will cover everything that I will confess, but there's one more step in it, and that's the last part. And this is the part that most people don't don't say. And they loved not their life 
to the death. So in other words, what would happen is they would, they would believe in the power of the blood. They might even confess it, although that's a, a minority. They might even confess the power of that blood in their lives, the healer, the deliverer, the provider, protector, restorer, right? They, he, the, they might confess that, but will they hold on to it in trust even to the death? That's where, that's where a lot of your more mature people fall off. And this is where they miss overcoming because they don't trust God to the nth degree. Because think about, I know I learned it like this. You know, I don't know, y'all, I know that y'all have never had this situation. You might not even relate to it at all. But this is where Nicole and I found ourselves, you know, the place where the phone rings at home and you don't want to answer it because they always be asking for money. Right? Because you ain't got none. We found ourselves in that place at one point. And it's like, I'm not answering that, I'm not answering that phone. I don't want to answer that phone. Why? Because they're going to put pressure on me to give money I don't have. And even if I got money right now, I don't want to give it to you because there's another guy already called me and I got to pay him. And we found ourselves in that position. Have you ever had, ever, you know, this is what we found. I know y'all have never had this before, but we found it. It really taught us a good lesson, so learn from our mistakes. Y'all have got this down pat. But uh, it was like, all right, you've got to have this much money by the 20th, right? right? And, and we're sitting there, we're like, all right, Jesus, you're our provider. Glory to God. We're going we're gonna to make it through this. On the 20th, we need to save $500 on the 20th. <gasps> Jesus, you know, like, let me do a little praise dance around the house. Jesus is my provider. Glory to God. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You know, and, and we're dancing, trying to get in God's good graces. Where If you just praise all the time, you kind of stay there. He inhabits the praises of his people, right? But here we are, we're trying to get in his good graces. Like, all of a sudden, we're reading our Bible every day. You know, stuff like that. All of a sudden, our prayer life increases. Why? Because the 20th is coming. And we need money by that day. So we get in faith. All right, Jesus, for our sakes... You were made poor so that we might be rich. Glory to God, we are seeing what his blood paid for and empowered us to be, and we're confessing. We will have that money by the 20th. Amen. Amen. You missed your moment. We will have that money by the 20th. Amen. There we go. <laughs> and then... We're like giving God the glory. We believe in what the blood has done. We confess it. But then it's the funniest thing. The closer it gets to the 20th, the more that, that all faith that we had at the beginning, it starts to wear off a little bit. And we're like, oh, what's going to happen? I, you know, this, it's like, you know, it's the 10th now. I, haven't, I don't have a clue what's, how this is going to happen. We need $500. Where's that $500? Have, did you get anything in the mail today? Did you go by the P.O. box? Did you check it? Did you check it? Did, did they say anything at your work about a bonus? Is there any way we can make the extra money? I don't know what's going on. This is the 10th. What's happening is we didn't take that faith and that confession all the way to the end of it. We started letting go of it. We loved our life so much that we dropped our trust. We loved life so much, we dropped the trust. And God forbid it gets to the 15th and we need it on the 20th. It's like, what is the 15th? 
And it's like, do you even believe what you said? You were so happy and so full of faith then, but now it's the 15th and you're, you're flipping out. Can you imagine what God... All right, hey, mm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He will make your path straight. In other words, like if you can see it like this, like He's got a plan to get you what you need. He'll make it straight, but if you don't trust him, it like gets curvy. Just keep trusting. What, in other words, what happened was, see, what had happened was, I was trusting more in the calendar than I was trusting in God. I was trusting more in our ability and our logic to come up with a plan than I was trusting in God. And so, you know, there were times when we weren't an overcomer. Why? Because I took the power of the blood, we confessed it, but we didn't hold it to the end, even to the place of, hey, we're going, we're going to trust him. We dropped it, and then we went and made our own way. How many times, I, this is what I used to do, like, you know, 15th, I'm sweating, you know, 16th, I got to pay 500 on the 20th, 17th, 18th. 19th, Dad, I need help. Dad, I need help. Mom, friends, does somebody love me? Yeah, God loves you. Yeah. Trust him. Yeah, yep. I remember one day, I was sitting there, and I think we needed $2,000 this day, had to pay some bills, you know, these, you know, uh, Bill pay is great out of your bank until you don't have any money in the account. Then it's not so great. It's the most amazing thing. They charge when you mess that up. I don't, I wonder why they give that away so freely. Hmm. All right. Anyway, so, and, and, and here it comes and we need $2,000 and I go, I reach for the phone like this and I'm calling dad because he was doing better than I was at that time. <laughs> he said, and as I reached for the phone, the Holy Spirit said, if you keep calling him, you'll never learn my ways. If you keep calling him, you'll never have provision on a regular basis. And I went, why? Why? Because I keep making him the source and not my loving father. And that day, the power broke. The power of us not being an overcomer broke over our lives because I finally said, Lord, I trust you more than anything else. If I, and this is a key now. You've got to make sure you've heard from God, and this is why you have a pastor. This is why you've got to reach out. Listen, most of you are not going to miss it on a regular basis if you've been walking with God some, but it's those times when you do miss it that can be so devastating, and it can set you back so much. It's why you have a pastor to reach out to, to make sure that you've heard from God, even when you think you've got it. Even when you think you've got it all under control. That's why you have a pastor. They can see things that you don't see. That's why they're a gift. Reach out early. Don't wait till you form opinions. Utilize the gift that God has given you. I've got some people that, that have found this out. 
utilize the gift. But then all of a sudden, once you know that you know that you've heard God, then let the power of the blood yeah. come into the situation, confess it with your mouth, yeah. and they love not their lives even to the death. They held on to the trust in the Father no matter what they see or what they had. I remember one time the calendar date was coming up, another situation that was similar to what I was explaining earlier, and it came up to the 19th, and I didn't have it. I'm trying to put all my trust in God, trying to put all my trust in God. I'm like, you know, flipping out on the inside, but I'm like, you know, Shanda, so good, 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 good. You know, I'm praying in tongues, praying in English, praying in any way I know how to pray. I'm praying, you know. It's amazing how you get holy when you need something. If we could get holy when we don't need something, we wouldn't have need of so much somethings. Right? So all of a sudden it's coming up. It's like the 19th. I needed something on the 20th. And I'm, I'm inside. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm giving myself ulcers. Worrying. Giving my, y'all never been there, I know. If you've never been there, say amen. That was probably the wrong way to do that, to get an amen. If you've been there, say Amen. Because you're not going to be there anymore. Amen? Amen. So I'm sitting there worrying over it. And the Lord said, and this was another financial thing. And uh, I was like, Lord, if this doesn't get paid, like we're going to bounce stuff. You know, I'm not planning on bouncing, but sometimes stuff's out there and you can't stop it. It's an automatic payment, things like that. And things happen. And, and we were at that place. And, you know, it's funny how you can just not have it for one. Why is it that the banks take it out for the, for the big one and then they keep all the little ones behind that? Those who have been there will understand what I just said. All of a sudden, I can see the ones who have been there because they're like, mm-hmm, I know. It's like my little $1 check that I wrote for something like the Mountain Dew, now all of a sudden it cost me $33 for a Mountain Dew because, I, because it, you know, uh-huh. Because <laughs> the bank. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, Lord, first of all, this might not get paid. And now, there might be 10 of these. We're talking about two, $300 worth of charges. Because I don't know what all's out there. But it's probably a lot. And, it, and the Lord said this to me. The Lord will help you if you'll just learn to listen and learn to trust Him. He said this. He said, he, and this is where I learned about the date. He said, does a date determine where you drop faith? I was like, ow. Take your knife back. Yeah. I was like, ow, that hurt my flesh. He said, oh, you're telling me that a date is going to all of a sudden make Nolan void my promises? I was like, okay, I get your point. He said... If I can give, if you really trust me, can't I give you what you need and what's in the negative plus some extra? He said, do you have to have, are you letting a date tell you whether or not my promise has come true or not? I was like, that was revelation to me. I was allowing a date to tell me whether or not God was a liar or not. I went, I've got to change my thinking. I've got to stop thinking that, that a date sets who my father is. No, his word sets who he is. He is a good father and he loves me and he wants me to succeed. He wants me to overcome. i got to stop doing that. When does faith run? 
You see, I mean, I see Jesus, you know, they were trying to throw him over the cliff and he weaved through, well, you could say he was running away. No, Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. He was being obedient. It's not running, it's obedience. Paul, they, they dropped him down the wall to escape that. Yeah, because he still had work to do. And, and the Holy Ghost said, hey, drop them down the wall. Hold the ropes. Lower them down the wall. He was obedient. But when does faith run? You see, faith without works is dead. So, in other words, he was obedient. So God will tell you when to walk through. He'll tell you when to stay. He'll tell you when to stand for something. Or when to say, no, I don't want you to stand for that. It's not going to happen that way. And he'll tell you which way. We just got to open up our ears. Johnny, will you come here and stand right here, please? And just hold your hand out just a little bit. Boom, boom. There you go. Like that. So one day, I had a vision. We had a situation. Uh, we had a situation where God had told us to believe for something. And uh, he had told us to sell our business. The only problem was we, we had nothing to back it up. The only problem was we had just bought a house with that business and the finances that came in. We had just bought a car because of that business. And so we were sitting there and uh, we were like, Lord, if you don't come through, Nicole had just taken a temporary job. She's making $12 an hour. I was making at the time like, um, I think on paper it showed like 45, but we were making like take home like 35 was what we actually had to work with. She had just taken you know, a, a job for $12 an hour. That's not going to get it. That's not going to pay for that house. We were obedient. We knew that we knew we'd heard from the Lord, but it looked crazy, right? It did not look logical. It looked like if God doesn't come through in a miraculous way, we're losing the house, we're losing the car. Well, that, how's that feel to a father with two small kids, right? Like, I don't know where we're going to go. I don't know what we're going to have. I don't know what's going to happen. What he was actually doing was preparing us to start the church. But we didn't know all of that then. We just knew that God had told us to sell the business. And so we were concerned about it. We were worried. I, did, I just got a house. I never owned a house before. We moved. We rented all growing up. And we had moved so many times. I hate moving. Do not ask me to come help you move. I hate it. Like, like I want to shepherd you. That will make it hard on me, though, if you ask me that question. <laughs> I want to shepherd you well. Be a good pastor. Don't ask that, please. I hate moving. I hate it. Why? Because I was like, I had like eight or nine schools by the time I graduated high school. I hated moving. I hate it to this day. Despise it. Anyway, I didn't want to move again. I didn't want to lose the house. He says sell the company, but the problem is with the company, now he's asked me to sell it for less than what I had planned to get for it. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I'm like, Man, if God doesn't come through, we're losing the house, we're losing the car, we've got no place to go, we look like utter failures, right? Johnny, you're being so good. Um, <laughs> and so I have, God gives me a vision. And I, I, in the vision, I'm standing where Johnny is. It's out back behind our house, and behind our house is a big field. And about 300 yards from the back of the field is a corner, it's a little point, right? And uh, about, so basically, like, I'm standing there in the back of our yard. That's about uh, 40 yards from the house, okay? That's 
I'm standing there. About 300 yards is a corner of woods. It's about 300, 320 yards. And then about 20 or 30 yards up from that, from the woods, in this vision, out from the woods comes a lion walking out of the woods. Rawr. <laughs> and it's a big lion. Like, I remember in the vision, like, dude, wow. Like, he's big, you know. It, to me, it didn't look just like a normal-sized lion. It looked like two-times-sized lion when he walked out. But I, in the vision, I'm standing there, and, and he walks out of the woods. And he's not looking at me. But right when he walks out, I hear the Lord say this. When does faith run? And I said, Lord, I'd learned about some faith. And I said, it doesn't. Faith doesn't run. And then all of a sudden, the lion looks at me. I'm like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and the Lord says again, when does faith run? It doesn't, Lord. And the lion looks at me. And I'm like, uh-oh. But God's telling me, when does faith run? I'm like, I want to run right now. When does faith run? And the lion starts walking towards me. And then he starts picking up speed. And he's covered like 50 yards, 100 yards. And in the vision, and then the Lord speaks to me again and says, When does faith run? It doesn't, Lord. Now the lion is in full gallop. I mean, he's sprinting towards me. And he's covered 100 yards, 150 yards. Now he's 100 yards away from me, like a football field away from me. I know now, even if I turned and ran to the house, I'm not sure that I have time to make it. And he's in full gallop. He's in full gallop. Put that arm down. And, so, and then all of a sudden, and the Lord says, when does faith run? Now see, listen, faith is built... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is not built on what you imagine God wants to do. Faith is built on what you know God has said. So a lot of people are trying to be in faith and God never told them to be there. This is why you need to know that you know. It's why you need, it's good to utilize a gift of a pastor in your life. To know that you know that you heard from God. Because otherwise you can be off doing your own thing expecting God to back you up. And you were never supposed to be there in the first place. But once you've heard from God, when does faith run? It doesn't, Lord. Now he's 50 yards, full gallop, looking at me with eyes of intensity, full gallop at me. It's too late now. Even if I turn and run, he's just going to... And you know, you know what happens with a, you know, a predator? Turn and run. Oh, that's the worst thing. You, like, engage the predatory nature of them. And it's like, oh, fresh meat, you know? And they're praising God. When does faith run? It doesn't, Lord. And all of a sudden, this, this lion comes running up like this, and, and, and he, almost, he almost hits his brakes right in front of me, like dirt's hitting me, but he's still got momentum, and he goes by me like this, you know. And then behind me, he roars. Like that. And God's saying this to me. When does faith run? Like, it doesn't, Lord. 
And the, every time he asked me, my answer got stronger and stronger. It doesn't. I re, when I was little, I had a paper route. And uh, I, I was like eight years old and had a paper route working. And um, I didn't do it well. It didn't end well, but it started with good intention. Uh, but one place had this big St. Bernard dog. And this was before they had like leash laws and stuff like that, you know. And I'd go by this place and I'd see this dog all the time. It's like, have you ever seen the St. Bernard? Like they are stinking huge, right? And I mean like their head. And, and I'm eight and I'm riding, you know, on this day I'm walking. And I go by that house and sure enough, these stupid people have left that dog outside on the porch. And he he's like, thinks he's something, you know. I'm like, I'm just like. If I knew how to cuss, I probably would have at those people. They're like, can we laugh at that? This is church. I'm just being real. So here comes this dog, and he sees me coming. He, got, he gets up. I'm like, no, doggone it. Don't get off the porch. And, he, and I'm walking out in the road, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, I'm scared. You're doing so good. All right, you can put your arm down. Anyway, so, and anyway, that dog, here's what that dog does to me. And this reminded me of this vision, because that dog comes up to me, and he's like this. And he's like, he's like up to here on me, you know? And he's like looking at me, and he walks around. Like this. Big St. Bernard. I'm, I, I, how I didn't have messed up drawers, I have no idea. <laughs> Then he was like right here. It felt like right here. And he goes, <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> I mean, that's how loud he did. Like it scared the mess out of me. That's what this lion did in that vision. I made, I made y'all jump. You weren't the one with the St. Bernard. I'm telling a story. You did good. So then, in the vision, in the vision, the Lord says, when does faith run? Now it's rising up in me more. Here's what we're really talking about. When does faith drop trust in the character and nature of God? It doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. And the lion in the vision comes up to me puts his mouth on me. I can feel the, his fangs. When does faith run? It doesn't, God. And then he takes his fangs and, and, and he compresses just ever so slightly. When does faith run? It doesn't, Lord. It was growing in me. You know, this is the Lord. It's growing. Faith doesn't run, Lord. Faith doesn't run. And all of a sudden, the lion became nothing. He said, the devil goes about. Thank you, sir. He says, the devil goes about as, 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 as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The person he can devour is the one who drops faith and runs. The one who drops trust in God. The one, though, that he cannot overcome is the one that he tries to intimidate, but they will not be intimidated. They will not acknowledge their own ways. They will trust in God, no matter what the calendar says, no matter what the bill collector says, no matter what the doctor's report says. I am an overcomer in Christ. You are an 
overcomer. I will not run. I will not drop faith. I will trust in God. And I will overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And I will not love my life even to the death. I'm not dropping trust in God. When you get that so much in your core that it can't be shaken out of you even by a lion or a big St. Bernard barking it out of you, all of a sudden you've got the victory and you cannot be defeated. That's what God's got planned for you, but he's looking for a people who will say, that's who I am. Lord, I trust you. Really quickly, you've got the notes. I'm just going to tell you about it. You want to see this in action? Jesus is on the cross. They've beat him. They've hung him. Look, they couldn't kill him. He says, look, you can't kill me. I give my life. And I give it freely. He's in the garden. He says, look, I don't want to do it this way. If there's any other way, Father, let me, let me do it that way. Now, this is not the way, not my will. Like he had a will in his flesh and he didn't want to go to that cross, but he's saying, not my will, but yours be done. Yep. Not my will, but yours be done. Then he experienced something that you and I have never experienced. This is what he experienced. The loving father who's always shown his grace towards him and towards us. Here's what Jesus experienced. The father turned his back on the son. Now he turned it on Jesus so that you would never have to feel that. You can always have God's face shining on you. His grace, his love shining on you because Jesus, Jesus allowed himself to be forsaken. But Jesus was forsaken. He said this. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus never did anything wrong. He never did anything wrong. And yet he had been forsaken. Do you know what that feels like to be forsaken by the Father? I promise you, you do not. The word says that it rains on the just and the unjust. You do not know what that feels like. The depths, the darkness, the gloom. You may have been had the worst story in here, the worst testimony of anybody that's listening to this message anywhere. I'm telling you, you don't know what it feels like to have the Father forsake you. Because if that was the place, it'd be all over for you. It's the depths. It's the lowest of the low, and nobody on this earth has experienced that. It rains on the just and the unjust. We've all had the blessing of God in our lives. We've never known it. But Jesus knew it so that you and I wouldn't have to. And in that moment, at the lowest of the low, don't you think Don't you think that Jesus had the temptation to drop trust in the Father? Where did you go? Where did you go? Where did you go? Now, think about this. Will he do what he told me? He just left me. He was forsaken so that you wouldn't have to ever be forsaken. Glory to God. You ought to praise him for that. 
But in this moment, Jesus is forsaken of the Father. You know, we have a hard time, uh, you know, bringing up some faith with God shining on us all the time. This is when God wasn't. And now you've got to know that in his mind he was probably thinking, is he actually going to do now what he said? I didn't know he was going to leave me. Is, what is he going through? And there's got to be a temptation there. He's tempted in every way like we were. There's got to be a temptation. Does he even trust me? And this is what he says. Right after he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He, this is what he determined in his heart. This is what he determined in his heart with faith. He's a loving father. And no matter if I understand it or not, I will trust you. And the next thing out of his mouth is this. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That came after he was forsaken. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now listen, these were not just words that he said, oh, this will sound good. No, 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 no. You know what he was doing? He said, I'm shedding the blood that will back up every promise of God. And now I'm going to make a confession on that blood. Because back in Psalm 31, David made this confession and he was talking about Jesus and he said, even though they spread the net for me to catch me and trap me is what he's talking about. He says, David said it this way, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. This is what Jesus was saying. Even though... I've been forsaken by the Father right now. Even though I can't feel Him, I can't see Him, I, I want it to be true. I know the character and the nature of my loving Father. He will never leave me or forsake me. And with this blood and my confession, I will take faith even to the point of death. And He gave up the ghost. But I'm telling you, in three days, all of a sudden, the faith that went into the blood of the Lamb, the word of his testimony, and he loved not his life even to the death when he could have saved it by calling the legion of angels. When he gave that amount of trust to the Father, a loving and trustworthy Father, the third day God said, draw him up. Holy Ghost, raise him from the dead and with him raise up all people for all time that will believe on him. But it came because Jesus said, I I will trust you no matter what I see or what I feel. No matter what I go through, I won't drop trust in you. I will be the overcomer, Father, that you've called me to be. And if you will become like Jesus in that element, you'll say, Lord, I trust you no matter what the date looks like, no matter what the bill collectors say, no matter what the doctor's reports say, no matter what anybody says, I will trust you. I will hear from you and I'll be obedient and I have the blood of the Lamb to empower me I will confess it and I will see the resurrection power of God in my life. I'm just looking for some people that believe that. Amen? It all starts. It all starts with us saying, Lord, I trust you. You know, many times in our life, we say that we trust them. We even go to church. We check the box. But we don't trust them enough to spend time with them even throughout the week. We don't trust them enough to praise them when the bad report comes in. We, we don't trust them enough to laugh at the devil's attempts when he tries to 
tell us how bad it's going to be. Immediately, we're like, oh, no, call the prayer chain. Call this, call that, call the pastor, call the, where's an apostle? I need a prophet. Anybody got a prophet? Like we start flipping out because we don't trust him, our loving father. We're like we try to do everything. We just need to walk in the place where we trust him with everything that we have. We trust him. And when we do that, we'll be an overcomer every single time. God's calling us to be that, but it starts with our fellowship and our relationship with him. And I just ask you right now, just bow your head. If you're saying in any way right now, Lord, I've not trusted you. I recognize today I've not trusted you the way that I need to trust you. I've not done what I needed to do in my relationship, but I need to trust God. I need to trust God. If that's you, just raise your hand right now so I can see. I need to trust God more. Keep them up for just a second so I can see everybody. I need to trust the Lord. I need to walk with him stronger. I need to walk. I need, you know, in all my ways acknowledge him. Keep them up. Just I'm looking around. I see a lot of them. Just keep them up. I need to walk with him more. I need to be more obedient to his ways. If that's you, go ahead and lift your hand. And today I want to. I need to trust you. I need the path made straight. I need some answers in my life. Amen. You can put them down. The whole way, just in an instant, in an instant, you can fix all those wrongdoings and walk the way of God's trust. In an instant. Simply by saying, Lord, you're the Lord of my life. And I believe you died for me. And God brought you back to life. You know, we look at it as, well, I don't need to say that because I've said that before. No, you need to renew that. Every day, we need, to, we need to say, Lord, I make, today is a new day. I want my relationship to be fresh with you today. It's not in a stale relationship. Could you imagine if I never talked to Nicole for the last 20 years that we were married together? Y'all would need to pray for me. All the ladies are like, that's right. But yet, we need to renew that relationship with God every single day. So today, just by praying a prayer, we can renew that relationship and we can walk in new levels of trust, new levels of overcoming. So I just, I just invite you to just pray that prayer with me today. Just pray it out loud. Just open your mouth. It's important. It's actually very important to speak that with your mouth. And just, just pray this with me. Just say, Father, Father right, now, right now, I make Jesus... The Lord of my life. I renew that fellowship with him. Jesus, you're the director. You're the Lord. You say something, and I'll follow your command. Because I know that you have my best in, in your heart. And if you're telling me to do something... It's always leading me to an opportunity. And I believe you died for me. When you didn't have to. And I believe that God rose you back up from the dead. You took my mess. 
My sin, you took it on yourself. It took you to the grave. And God brought you back to life. And when he brought you back to life, he brought me back. I'm no longer in that place of death. I'm in the place of life in Christ. And Jesus, today I trust you with all my heart. I want trust to be engraved on my heart. People will look at me and say they are faithful. And I'll live it in Jesus' name. Jesus, I'm asking you, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire so I can live this life as a witness and faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Just keep your head bowed for just a second. I want to pray for you myself. If you prayed that prayer today and maybe it's the first time you prayed that prayer or I needed to pray that prayer today or I needed to get my trust back to where it's supposed to be, and will you show me your hand? Just lift it and keep it up for a second. I needed to pray that today. Just lift your hand up. Keep them up for a second. I see a lot of them. Just keep it up so I can see it. I needed to pray that today. Anybody else? Anybody else? I needed to pray. Amen. I see those. Father, everybody, you can put them down. Anybody, Lord, that prayed that prayer today, I just ask that you would seal them. Lord, let their decision be sealed today. Let it be overflowing. Let your life overflow. Holy Ghost, empower them to be who you've called them to be. Lord, I just ask right now that you would give ministering spirits, those angels, that you would set them over their lives to guard and protect them. Keep them in that walk. Keep them in the places of trust. Remind them to trust you in all your ways, Lord, and in all their ways they will acknowledge you. Remind them to trust you, that you, your word cannot fail. And by the blood and by the word of our testimony, and by trusting you all the way to the point of death, by trusting you, they will see victory and overcome all the days of their life. I declare in Jesus' name that you are overcomers in Jesus' name. If you believe that, let your amen be the loudest. Amen. amen. Glory to God. Glory.